welcome to the Awesome Life Podcast for women in transition looking for simple ways to live and love life with awesome energy, joy, prosperity, and freedom. And now here is your awesomeness host, Karen Stoltz. Hey there, welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Awesome Life Podcast. I'm Karen Stoltz, your host. And Awesome Life Podcast is where you get tips, resources, and inspiration for creating your awesome life if you're not already living it now. And even if you are, it's always nice to have a little inspiration. And today I have the most amazing lady as Uh, We have talked before. I knew I wanted her on the podcast because I knew that she would be absolutely perfect. Uh, But when she sent me her information on the the guest form, it was like, oh, my gosh, there's so much to her that is powerful, powerful. And um, I I always pull a card as uh, I was just telling Tracy. I always pull a card before I speak to somebody. And today I pulled a card of education. Life is filled with lessons, so be teachable. And Tracy Enos is absolutely teachable. (laughs) And she is now teaching others how to be teachable and which is awesome, awesome. So let me tell you a little bit about Tracy Enos. She uh, is a top LinkedIn expert. Uh, She's an advisor. She's a SCORE volunteer. She is a single mom of four. Unbelievable. She's consulted thousands and thousands of people all over the world, coaches, authors, entrepreneurs, Um, service professionals, and she's become the authority in the industry, and she stays, she helps her clients stay in the front of their mind of their ideal prospective clients. Um, She helps them get speaking engagements and produce beautifully. She helps them get in major magazines and publications and On top of that, she helps them earn millions of dollars, which I love. Money is awesome, isn't it? So welcome, Tracy Enos. Thanks, Karen, for having me today. Uh, You're you're amazing. And I am so grateful that you agreed to be on this podcast today because I felt a connection with you when we spoke before. And you had so much to share. And because social media is, is kind of out of my um, comfort zone, oops, excuse me, out of my comfort zone, um, I will silence that totally. Uh, having an expert in LinkedIn is so, so important. And I I personally feel that LinkedIn is the social media for people in business, Um, more so than some of the other social media things out there. I may be mistaken. We can talk about that. But first of all, how did you get to this point? A single mom of four? What happened? I mean, where did, whoa, (laughs) life happened. (laughs) 
no one gave me a book or a, a roadmap, you know, just things happen and uh, you just have to adapt, you know? So uh, the four kids actually were from two different marriages and there's like 11 years between my first and my third child. So there is oh, wow. a little gap in there. So like my youngest just graduated high school this year. And that was a feat in oh, itself. Wow. He went from an honor roll student to COVID happening to, I mean, he still did okay, but man, it wasn't like pulling teeth. Like he's like, I don't want to graduate. I'm just going to get my GED. I'm like, dude, you're like three months away from graduating. Get off your ass, <laughs> do something. Excuse my French. But it, it, it took a village. Honestly, it took like, four of us <laughs> to finally convince him that, you know, this is, this is his, his best choice out of all the choices that he had, who wants to go back to a whole year of GED school. Right. So. I, indeed, indeed. That is not something that I would want to do after four years of exactly. full-time school, but uh, whoa. So we were, uh, we before, we actually signed on for this podcast. Uh, we were talking about there are two ways of dealing with things. And would you like to share those two ways? Yeah, uh, I've learned a lot over the years being, being uh, through divorce <laughs> and challenges of divorce. Uh, wow. Um, some people have it easy and many do not. I'm, I'm in that second category. <laughs> it wasn't easy. Um, I had to learn, not just in business, but personally too, but which helped really in business was you can either do one of two things. You can choose to react or respond to the situation at hand. And I did find that responding over reacting is the, the big bonus. <laughs> so if you can figure out a way on how to um, you know, attack the situation by responsiveness and not reactiveness, it's going to go a long way a lot farther. Trust me. Trust me. So, I mean, we've all had our pity parties, right? Social media makes a change and, you know, like Facebook ads and it uh, really just, you know, blew up some businesses. Like they didn't have their ad accounts. They got all shut down and that was their livelihood of their lead generation or LinkedIn can make a change. And you're like, holy cow, now what do I do? Or it gives you the next shiny object that you can, you know, do on the platform. But if you don't have a basic system for generating new business and following up with those folks, that shiny new object isn't really going to do you any good, right? So in these situations, when you learn how to respond, now don't get me wrong, I've had my pity parties for five minutes, okay, sometimes 30 days <laughs> before I finally go, you know what? I don't own the situation, but here's what I can do with the situation. And in that, in that case, you sit down and you find a workaround, you know, so yeah. um, that's what you got to do. And that's what I've learned uh, through the course of being in a divorce situation with two young boys and the other party, not mm -hmm. really trying to work with me at all. They try to do everything, but work with me. And um, so mm -hmm. that learns, you know, being a single mom and, you know, I didn't have a choice to start my own business because times were tough uh, 12, 13 years ago, and they wanted to charge me for two hours of after school, $700 a month for two kids at the school, though. They weren't busing them anywhere or anything like that. This was at oh. the school, oh. two hours, oh. $700 oh. a month. I couldn't find a job in the city that paid me that much more in order to do that. So I had to, to learn how to work from home and find something to do from home. Wow. And so, and, and you, 
something horrible occurred that said, all right, the time is now. Well, I mean, I'd started my business and I was gaining some traction, some pretty good traction. Um, You know, I had find a couple of positions where I could work remotely, but I still was part of corporate America. And when I got laid off in 2012, that's when I sat down with my sister and she advised me, look, you've already been doing this as a side gig and you're teaching people to do this stuff for free. Why don't you start charging for it? You know, I'm like, okay, she's not wrong. (laughs) And so that's when I started my digital marketing agency. Officially, what I had been doing since 2011, I officially, you know, uh, started it and started getting paid in 2013. And It was difficult, you know, it was difficult, but then I learned the ropes and I went to a marketing agent or marketing uh, seminar in San Diego that following September of 2014. And they're like, Tracy, you need to fire all your local clients. I got like a seven minute hot seat and with four months of multimillionaires on the stage and I'm sitting by my social media or everything. They're like, you need to fire all your local clients and you need to start doing LinkedIn consulting and write a book. Well, the book took three years. That's the book standing behind me in the video here, LinkedIn Publishing and Profits. Um, I started writing it that fall, but it didn't get published until 2017. Um, And then I didn't fire all my clients. I fired one, my salon, my personal salon. I fired them. (laughs) And then uh, everybody else, we just kind of phased them out. And this is what I did. And I was going to like, uh, networking events and BNI and uh, chamber meetings. And I couldn't find people in my own backyard. I got like one person from a networking event. So I'm spending all this money, you know, trying to, to share with people about my products and services. I could help them help them. And I was just a broke person selling to broke people. <laughs> Everybody else is just broke trying mm-hmm. to do the same thing. And so I turned mm-hmm. to LinkedIn and that's how I started finding my clients. Like one of my first big clients was a, a commercial roofer in Philadelphia. Then I got a digital marketing agency out of Houston, Texas. And then I started getting clients in Canada. And then clients started coming from overseas. It really was amazing. And so that's how I turned over from the digital marketing side of things and became a LinkedIn consultant. So when the fire, the burns happened, it wasn't the fire. I burned myself <laughs> in 2015 of July of 2015. Had I not had that foundation set, you know, prior to the burns, you know, I I don't think I'd be in business today. Or if I did, I'd be starting from scratch all over again. And so when I talked about, you know, when social media media changes and the next shiny object shows up on the platform and everybody runs to that new thing and think that's going to get them all the business in the world, if they didn't have that basic foundation already done and probably, you know, partially automated or running on a consistent basis. Do you really think that next shiny object is going to actually land you big business and on a consistent basis? I would agree that it wouldn't. What do you think? (laughs) Now you would, you mentioned the the burns in July of 2015. What was that all about? Well, I've been on this roller coaster for years of, um, getting back into shape. So um, in my 20s, I was an aspiring fitness competitor, but um, I kept having injuries, shoulder injuries, back injuries. And so I never really made it to stage. And I'm one of those ladies with that metabolism that I can gain weight super fast and I can lose weight super slow. (laughs) And so I was, I was, 
I was like the <laughs> woman out there. <laughs> so I was back on my bandwagon of prepping for the week um, some food. And instead of brown rice, I get bored with brown rice, right? So I was trying these brown rice noodles. But the, I didn't know the noodles would expand as much as they did. And so the pot was kind of over full as it was with water and the noodles. And I was taking them off the stove and trying not to burn my bare feet. And I put the colander on top of dishes instead of moving the dishes and putting it in the sink. And as I was trying not to burn my feet, I saw that if I didn't hurry up to the sink, uh, we were going to have a major accident. So I tried to get that pot to the colander and what happened was that the bottom of the pot tipped the colander and everything came back at me, the full pot. So I sustained, oh, wow. the course of the oh, wow. next week, uh, we found out I sustained third degree burns. And then over the next several months, I had five surgeries in nine months, went through depression. I gained like additional, I was already 30 pounds overweight. So I gained an additional 60 pounds and uh, the year, oh my. May of 2016, I walked into my doctor's office and I said, what's wrong with me? And she says, you're clinically depressed. Mm. And so she gave me a, a script for Wellbutrin and a referral to a psychiatrist because she couldn't um, give me anxiety medication. She couldn't prescribe them. So I saw it, sat on it for a week. I'm like, I don't want to be on, you know, medication. I just don't. I just, I need help, but I don't want to be on, you know, pharmaceuticals. So I decided that at that point, the only person that's going to make myself happy is me. And I took it upon myself to really work my butt off for the next six months. And I made more money in those six months because of the foundation I'd had prior to that tragic event than I made the 18 months prior. Wow. So, and still to this day, I have not been on medication. And I'm wow. not saying every day is all you know, lollipops and unicorns and rainbows because I have my days and I will hibernate and I'll, that depression will set back in. But there's, you know, always something that pulls me back out. And it's usually what my why is. Why am I in business? Your big so, why. There's Your my big story. why. <laughs> the big the why. Yeah, you got to have a why. You, you got to have that big why. Otherwise, you can go right down the tubes. Absolutely. And uh, I found myself there for sure, for sure, you know, going right down the tubes. It's, uh, it, it's not a healthy place to be, but I, I love the fact that you were able to find the truth and truth is perception, but it is the truth that right. all joy comes from within us and all we, we are the only ones that can create that joy inside of us. And I, I'm a, a money mindset mentor and I love, love, love money because I love spending it and I love giving it. Anything that I, I sell, uh, any money that comes in from any source whatsoever, I give a portion of that to help children and and animals. That is one of my big whys. I want to have more money coming in so I can do that. But creating that big why and creating a firm foundation. So do you have any suggestions on how one would start uh, to create that firm 
foundation so that you didn't have to reinvent the wheel when something horrible like five surgeries and burn mm -hmm. third degree burns occur? Um, I think for a lot of folks, if we're talking about if they're just wanting to start their own business is don't give up your day job. Start yeah, yeah. side. <laughs> Uh, and that's, I mean, I ran that route too. I started on the side um, and I found what I was passionate about. I thought it was digital marketing. I thought it was building WordPress websites and getting clients, you know, listed in the Google maps and business directories and all that fun stuff. And on the outside looking in, it seems like it's a lot of fun and it can make a lot of money, but man, I hated the fulfillment side of things. Oh Lord, that just, and when you don't like something about your business and, and in the beginning, you're the only one doing the fulfillment <laughs> and the sales of it, you find out what you like and you don't like really quick. Um, <laughs> and so they're done that. <laughs> right. Right. And if you have more money than you have time, then I suggest hiring out those items that you don't like to do. Um, but yeah. you should know how to do them and how much time it takes because you got to pay somebody to do those things and you want to make sure that you're not spending more money and getting projects not getting completed. Gosh, I know about that. Um, so what I think I found by accident was truthfully was because of the obstacles I ran into going to these business meetings and networking events that um, I didn't like doing that either. I mean, it was fun hanging out with people, having a couple glasses of wine. I think it was more social hour than it really was, you know, business networking. Um, I like that part of it, but I really think I found that I was more effective networking on LinkedIn and I could do it uh, probably a hundred times quicker than going to meetings and having, and you know, us as ladies, you can't just walk out the door. You got to put your makeup on. You got to do your hair. You got to do your clothes and you got to drive there. You know, you're looking at four hours later, you know, and you can yeah. you imagine what I could do in four hours behind my screen. Holy cow. Exactly. A lot more effective. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, find out what your passion is because you want to get paid for your passion, right? What are you good at? And maybe you're not good at something yet, but you have the passion for it then go learn, go educate yourself. And I promise you'll know more in probably a week or a couple weeks time than 99% of the people out there do. And then they'll pay you for that education. Trust me. So I, I look, I don't know everything LinkedIn. Look, I have some colleagues across the pond. Sometimes they get the new features across the pond before we get them over here. Um, typically they'd like to roll out in Ireland and Australia for some reason. I don't understand that, but Interesting. okay. Interesting. Uh, and we're a U.S. based company, but um, I don't say we, I mean, LinkedIn's a U.S. based company. Um, but it's fun to have people that collaborate with that. You know, there's 760 million people on LinkedIn. There's enough business to go around, right? Worldwide. So, um, you know, and I don't know everything. And I don't think anybody knows everything. I don't even think LinkedIn knows what LinkedIn's doing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so, um, and all the obstacles and the hurdles that I've had with LinkedIn and the changes they've made to features, they add things, they take things away, things that were really working, they took away. Oh, that's when I had the pity parties. Um, but when you learn to overcome and respond to those changes, and it still doesn't bug you and you're still passionate about your job, then that's probably what you should be getting paid for. Yeah. 
So it's finding the way, even find a solution, move forward, find a solution. Yes, absolutely. You can have that pity party. I was advised one time um, by one of my other podcast guests that her friend made an appointment for her pity party. <laughs> so she, she didn't go down the tubes and she said, okay, I don't have time to go down the tubes right now. So let's see, let's look at the calendar. Next Friday at 2 p.m., I'm going to take as much time as I want and go right down the tubes. And of course, Friday comes and you just say, okay, I have better things to do. Move forward, enjoy life. It it is all about the enjoyment, isn't it? You have to do what you enjoy. And it's interesting because it, you focus on LinkedIn, right? As opposed yes. to the other social medias. Yeah, absolutely. And I, there's something about LinkedIn that immediately, I have no problem going there and connecting with people. I've absolutely, I, I enjoy it. And yes, I could spend hours and hours on it, which is not grand, but I spend a lot fewer hours and enjoy it a whole lot more than I do on some of the other social media platforms. And yeah, LinkedIn is the place to be if you are in business, I think. Well, you don't need hours. And trust me, you can get a lot accomplished in a matter of an hour you know, or so, or even less per day, especially if you, let's say you sat down and you developed like a task list, for example, What are you going to do every day? What are you going to do on a weekly basis? And what are you going to do on a monthly basis? And once you've developed that and it becomes, you know, a well-oiled machine, you're spending 30, 45 minutes a day on LinkedIn. Trust me. And you can still make a good figures. Now you can spend a little bit more time if you want, if you want to make more money, but keep in mind, LinkedIn tracks all your activity. And so you can actually do too much on a daily basis. And then that's when you get your account suspended. Trust me, I've done it. On a more than one occasion. <laughs> so, Ooh, yeah. So, every page you do, every search, every comment, every like, every uh, connection request, every message that you reply to or send, LinkedIn's keeping track, all of it. And that uh, now I had been told recently that that was actually a good thing that you replied, you commented, you moved forward. Oh, you should. Um, but Absolutely. But you don't need to spend two or three hours, you know, scrolling through the news oh, okay. and, and commenting and engaging. Look, uh, this way I tell people, get Sales Navigator. And here's why. It's one of the best prospecting tools oh. out there. And if you want to go engage with the your like hot 100 or hot 1000 people, go and add them to a lead list in Sales Navigator. And then Sales Navigator will let you know when somebody has posted something. So you don't have to like keep a spreadsheet of everybody and then go click on their link and see their activity every day. You're going to save yourself a heck of a lot more time spending a few bucks a month on Sales Navigator. And then LinkedIn will alert you when they've been mentioned in the news or they've posted a new post or they've commented on something here or there. It's amazing. That way you save yourself a lot of time. Look, $80 $80 a month to save me hours or every month of time. That's cheaper than hiring a virtual assistant at what? 10, 15 bucks an hour. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll spend $80 that's a huge. month all day long. 
just to stay in front of the top 1500 people because that's what you get is 1500 people in sales navigator you can save as leads you know the top 1500 people you know that saved me a heck of a and you you yeah go and, in and, and you tell sales who you want to follow yeah exactly you tell sales navigator exactly yeah so you just log in every day, spend 10, 15 minutes and you're done. Answer your you know, responses, send out a few connection requests, reply to the people who connected with you and thank them, whatever your goals and objectives are for using LinkedIn. And then go in there and you know, develop a campaign. You know? So like uh, just recently in the last couple months, LinkedIn has decided here's one of those feature changes that you cannot connect with more than 100 people per week. It used to be about 100 per day. Now they're limiting it because of the, the spam, because people have been abusing the system for so many years. There's been so many complaints. LinkedIn finally stood up and took notice and said, we're going to try and stop this. And why do you need to connect with 100 people a day anyway? And I see their point, although yeah. I was one of those girls. I, you know, did the masses over the quality or I did the quality quantity over the quality, you know, to get the low hanging fruit. But now it's more along the lines of quality. And then if you have a really good connection message and you've got a, you're an active industry that you're trying to connect with, you're looking at maybe 60 to 70 of those people per week, accepting your connection requests. Do you not think that's enough leads per week to be working yeah. with, especially if you have a high end program? You know, how many, if you just landed one or two of those per month, honestly, what would that do to your bottom line? And you're only spending 45 minutes on LinkedIn. That's ah. huge. I couldn't do that going to all those business meetings and chamber events. No way. Not no at all. Way. No not way. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's so, it, you make it sound so simple, really. And only 45 it minutes. It is simple. Yeah, everybody, I think I think you're making LinkedIn harder than it is. Look, I think when LinkedIn was first, you know, it's been around will be 18 years this September when they were December of 2003. Um, mm -hmm. When LinkedIn was in its infancy, I mean, it was typically for recruiters, staffing agencies, HR, you know, managers and whatnot to find candidates for open positions within their company. But then folks like myself and business owners and high-end CEOs and other executives and sales teams and whatnot, they all started joining LinkedIn as well. And we started using it for the networking aspect of it. Then we started using it for developing new business and branding aspect of it. And then LinkedIn stood up and took notice. Now, Trust me, their revenue from their talent solutions, which is on the recruiter side of things, is probably their biggest money maker. And then you've got the sales navigator members like me, and then you have their ads. Um, you know, it's not going to be free forever, people, just letting you know. So um, <laughs> it's changed. LinkedIn has, I, I call it, has grown up. They've grown up a lot. And they started to see that there's other uses for using LinkedIn in the, this business world that we are. And even now with the climate that we're in with people now, you know, the pandemic disrupted business. It really mm. did. And so now you got a lot of people that some people have gone back into the office. Some people, a lot of companies now are hybrid 
or even a lot of their workers are strictly remote now that used to be in the office. So how are we now networking? Well, we're networking online and like, this is not a new concept folks. <laughs> it's really not. But I think because of the disruption, because of the pandemic, people started to stand up and went, why have I just not used LinkedIn like this before? What took me so long? Right? Yeah. It took a yeah, pandemic. Exactly. That's what it did. <laughs> it definitely exactly. did. So, uh, so, you know, I honestly think, you know, LinkedIn has, when I, the point I was trying to make was that LinkedIn was really formal in the beginning, I think, you know. Profile photos, you had to be in a suit or a tie or a business, some sort of business attire. Um, I'm seeing more creativeness now, whereas before I wouldn't teach that before I was like, no, let's, you know, show your personality. As long as we can see your pretty face and your head and shoulders, we're good. Um, please don't have a beer and a fish in your hand like my very first client. So that was his profile <laughs> photo. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyway, so, and then when you connect with somebody like you and I are talking right now, Karen, have a conversation, have a conversation. This does not have to be formal, but you really should do your due diligence. Look at their profile, go to their website, look at their other social media, find something that you find interesting that you can start a conversation with. That's all. That's what people want. Look, people aren't dumb. They know that people are using LinkedIn to develop new business. They're not dumb, you know, and some will and some won't. And that's okay. You know, some will have a conversation with you. Some will say, no, thanks. Let's just stay, you know, keep connected. And some will say, hey, let's get on a call. As long as you're conversational and you're not um, too formal. I guess I just said it too formal. So I had a, I have a new client. We just finished with our coaching and he's in the health advisory campaign and he wanted me to go through his messaging. And I was like, wow, that's some really direct to the point messaging. And he goes, well, you said, ask a question. I said, yeah, but here's what I would say, as opposed to what you're saying, but it's still the same question. It's just, I'm adding a little bit more conversational pieces and fluff to it, you know, add a little Mm -hmm. fluff. People like to be complimented. They like you to say something about their name. I said, are you even adding their first name when you're messaging them? Are you personalizing it? He said, no. I said, that's your biggest mistake right there, especially if they're a brand new connection. If somebody says, hey, Tracy, how's it going today? I hope you're having a great week. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you for connecting with me on LinkedIn. I saw that you have XYZ in your profile. Tell me more about that. Other than tell me more about your business. I want to see if I can help you. Um, I mean, I just essentially said the same thing, but I said it a little bit differently. Which response do you think is going to get more replies back? The one that adds a little bit more conversation to it, right? Right, right. And people are making that so hard. It's not that hard. Trust me, I've bombed. I still bomb. I mean, I have a message like that sometimes and they just were like, well, that was just way too forward. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know what's going on on the other end of your computer screen or your phone. You know, I have to just take it with a grain of salt. And then, you know, even then I can turn some of those folks around, but I don't get those too often. Every once in a while I do, but I don't take it personally. And I just, okay, thanks. Move on to the next. Right. That's and it's something as long as we take a look at it and say, you know, all right, so this is, this is feedback. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it may be accurate. It may not be accurate. Let me take a look at it for a minute. Nope. No, it's not on to the next one. Or you know what? That made, that was good advice. I, I need to start thinking about doing things a little bit differently. I had a, a fellow on LinkedIn who, who wrote conversational, would you like to get on the, the phone or zoom and, and, uh, just have a, a see, see how we might collaborate. Yeah see how we might support one another. And just like I do. And yeah, so we had it. He went right into a discovery session for somebody else, not even for his own business. It was for somebody else's business. And I said, yeah, sorry. The old bait, bait and switch. I don't like that. Look, guys, if you're going to be, if, if you're going to talk about getting on the phone with collaboration or whatever your goal is, then that's what you do. You don't bait and switch somebody because then it's people that do that, that abuse the system. And then those of us who are really truly want to collaborate with somebody, you know, people are hesitant now to get on that phone because everybody's time is precious. We only have so many hours in a work day and it's precious and people want to feel like, you know, a conversation with that person on the other end is going to be mutually beneficial. Even if it's just 15 minutes, trust me. I mean, 15 minutes is 15 minutes. So if you were, if you were, yeah, absolutely. And I I just got one today. Tell me what you think about this one. Um, Nice, nice person. I assume very nice person. We've connected. I, I wrote to him and said, thank you for the connection. And he wrote back. Thank you so much for the connection. And, um, uh, this is what I do. And would you like to hop on the phone and talk about it? And we can see where you can join in and, and get to this wonderful opportunities. And I thought, thanks. I'm not really interested at this moment. That's not what I do. <laughs> and that's not my, my forte. And, but I, I certainly don't mind an invitation to communicate. Maybe there's a way that I can support you through podcast or something of that sort um anyway i get creating a a relationship (laughs) yeah i get those two and a lot of times i'll ask them because i know this this story really well um is this mlm is this direct marketing is it or direct sales or network marketing and they'll always tell me no and then i'm like well tell me the name of the company and then i'll go back and go see I've been doing this since I was 19 years old. You can't just pull one on me. <laughs> you know? and a lot of times I get that. I trust me. I'll still have a conversation with them because I mean, I teach LinkedIn. So the things that I learn and evolving on how people, you know, respond to certain things that I write and vice versa is a learning experience. I'm still learning, you know, I, trust me. I started out doing the formal, you know, messages in the inbox as well. And then they got to a point where, LinkedIn grew up and that didn't work anymore. And what I'm probably saying to them today, who knows, maybe in six months that won't work anymore. You know, so you got to come up with something else. Right. So I have these conversations with them. They're what? You have to know your target. You have to know know your target. Yeah. So uh, what was it? February or March, I did a podcast run and I did the, the, it was super funny. Um, the podcast, the uh, connection message 
was about, um, you know, I'm on a, in a podcast frenzy for a love of all podcasts. And I like to connect with other like-minded business owners and podcast hosts. I'm not a host. I'm just a guest. And I said, if this wasn't too cheesy, let's connect. <laughs> and of course that went like gangbusters. I had like 70 to 80% of people connect with me and I got the biggest replies ever because of the cheesy part. So I didn't, I didn't even have to thank them for connecting with me. They were already replying to me and I booked like 20 podcasts like that from just doing like a four week run. It was great. But see, I, I've been doing podcasts since 2017. So our, our podcast guests, not host <clears throat> and since 2017 and some of my podcast hosts, they're now friends of mine. So they give me the challenges of podcast hosts. They give me the challenge of, of who their guests are, the, and they give me the challenges of, you know, LinkedIn and getting the right guests on their shows and trying to find the right people for the, you know, that's, that will fit their audience. And because I know those, and even though that's not my business, I understood. And so um, I've got, you know, a gangbusters uh, response from that. And then I came back and most of them will come back and go, oh, I love cheese. I'm so happy to connect with you. And then I had some that said, oh yeah, that was way too cheesy, but I'm going to connect with you anyway. And then I had a few that said, no, I don't like cheese, but I like you. So we'll connect. Anyway, it was funny. It really was funny. So that gave me a starting point, you know, to have a conversation with them right after that. And typically I would ask them more about their podcast. Look, I see this on LinkedIn. Can you tell me more about your podcast? Who, if you take any guests at all, who are your ideal guests? Now, I know in the back end, I'm wanting to be a guest on their show, right? I know this, right? But they don't know that. Right. But I know that because that's my goal. That's my objective for sending these out. But I want it to be reciprocate before I ever would ask if they were, if they would take me on a guest as their show. So I said, look, I got a pretty big network. Um, if you're taking guests, you know, tell me a little bit more about your audience. What topics do you like to talk about? And then that conversation would lead into referrals. I, I gave off a lot of great guests. In fact, one of the guests was a former client of mine, ended up hiring the podcast host to help him with some political run that he's going to be doing in 2023, whatever that is. So I was like, it's amazing. See how that introduction. And I asked zero money for that. And I wasn't a good guest on that fellow show, but I sent him over guests. So, and then most of them though would say, Hey, you know, we think you would be a great guest. How would you like to be a guest on our show? And so, you know, that to me was a very successful campaign, but that was not hard. Was it? That was just simple because I knew my audience. I knew the challenges of the audience and so it was very easy for me to have a conversation with them. So that's what you actually do all the way through. And I love that because it, it, it should be, in my personal opinion, it should be a collaboration of some kind. It should, it, it should be. You, you need to have that relationship. And that's why I started my podcast initially. It was simply to meet new people in my world that I can refer to other people, that I could share their wisdom and their, their stories and whatnot. So having you as a guest here is such an honor, Tracy. Oh, thanks, Karen. <laughs> you know, you are, so, you are such a wealth of information and you've been doing it for a while. So you know 
you know all the ins and outs and uh, you know how to roll with the punches, so to speak, when, <laughs> when LinkedIn starts changing its channel. <laughs> They do. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not so good, you know? So um, I I'm on the LinkedIn advisory team. I have been for like six years and there's only like 1400 of us uh, worldwide. Um, Unless they've added more, but last time it was 1400 and I get to help them through surveys that they send me, you know, a couple of times a month um, with new features or improving features or ideas, things like that. And so I'm hoping that my answers will help shape the way that LinkedIn, you know, continues to conduct business in the future. So I'm just trying to make the platform better for those of us who are in the trenches every day. Um, I'm considered, they gave me the title. I didn't give myself the title. They gave me the title of LinkedIn power user. Oh, cool. That was a nice, nice title to have. So, um, you mean that means something and every once in a while, because of that designation, they'll send me a survey outside of the LinkedIn advisory team on what do you think about new features or things like that? So I thought that was pretty cool too. That's wonderful. So how can people learn from you? How can people, uh, get a hold of you? Well, first thing they got to go to LinkedIn and find me. They can go look for Tracy Enos and that's spelled E-N-O-S. And so if you're Dukes of Hazards fans, it's Enos from Dukes of Hazard. If you are a big baseball fan, it would be Enos Slaughter from the Cardinals. Of course, that was back in the, what, 1920s or something. <laughs> Easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So go and connect with you on LinkedIn and, and reach out. Hey, tell them that you listen. You heard me on Karen's podcast. And um, I've been doing this for a couple of my, my podcast hosts. Um, if they say that they heard me on your podcast and you send me a connection request, not follow me, you got to send me a connection request um, and connect with me, then I will give you the top three things that you could do with your profile today. Ooh, ooh, golly, I'd like to have that. <laughs> well, Karen, I'll put you on the list. I'll do that right now. Oh, you're great. You're great. And, well, Tracy. Um, they can also get a copy of my 2018 bestselling book, which we are rewriting this winter. And they can get a 23 point profile checklist, which some of the new stuff's not on there. I've got a 28 point one, and then we've added it with the new creator mode. Um, and they can go, if they get on the list, they'll get the updated ones. They can go to LinkedIn to publishing.com and LinkedIn to publishing. Okay. You got to put the www before anything. I don't know. Just linkedintopublishing.com. Yeah. I'm writing that down. So that's great. I love it. I love it.com. Okay. Terrific. We will make that available. Uh, you'll also have the link for that on the uh, credits of this podcast. So people can find you. And I, Tracy, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time and educating and uh, making yourself so easily accessible. <laughs> Thanks, You're <Karen>. great. <laughs> You're terrific. I love it. I love helping people. Look, if they don't, even <laughs> if they don't hire me for business, I always, they always walk away with value. I believe that's key in business. I think it's, Absolutely key. And unfortunately, there aren't a lot of people who, who do that. And 
the people who do do that are the ones that really are keep their sustainable business going, I think. Right. I agree. So I love it. Love it. Well, until next time, and I certainly know there will be because we are connected on uh, LinkedIn. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I, I actually, I think that's how we met was on LinkedIn. It so was. I think you were Thank a part you. of that podcast campaign that I went and did. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Might have been. I have to go okay. back and look at the last few messages and see if you were or you weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate it. And until next time, um, so contact Tracy at Tracy Enos on LinkedIn. And you also, could they reach you at your website? Yeah, you have a website. I do. It's tracyenos.com. It's almost up. It will be published in the next couple of weeks, but they could go to Tracy at tracyenos.com is my email. Excellent. Excellent. All righty. Well, thanks again, Tracy. And until next time, you have an awesome, awesome day. Thanks, Karen. You too. Bye-bye.